Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. We've got the band Roses and Revolutions coming on, and they, they're doing some great things. They're an indie pop group. Really excited to have them on board today. Uh, and we're going to get to know a little bit about them, their story, and a little bit of their music. So, um, are y'all here? We are. Yeah. Hello. Hey, how Hi. are you doing? And Sandy, are you? Uh, are you yep, yes, Sandy's I'm here. here. <laughs> yep. I'm chiming in when you ask. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So, I know that this will probably always be dated forever and can be, but you know what? I always like to start the same way in this day and mm-hmm. time. How are y'all going through the COVID right now? I think it's a great question because everyone answers it kind of similarly and differently at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. With COVID, um, you know, we're pretty much just locked away writing and recording music. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we went through a lot of like a phase back in March mm-hmm. and April where we were kind of, you know, one of us would be having like kind of a, like a Saturday or like a sad uh-huh. Wow, Saturday. Yeah. Sad day, and the other one would kind of lift the other one up, you know. Um, so I think everybody kind of went through that, like the unknown. It was oh, really yeah. scary. But then we just took it and started writing a bunch of music and kind of, like, made ourselves busy. I think that's – Yeah, I think, like, the first mm-hmm. month it was, like, kind of panic mm-hmm. mode because we had, like, a yeah. whole summer tour dates, and then they got rescheduled, <laughs> and then the rescheduled ones got rescheduled to 2021. So like oh, once wow. that, once everything got like finally canceled, like you finally kind of made peace with it and like, all right, this is yeah. Yeah. what we're dealing with for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think everybody's coming to that. It's, I think everybody's come to the conclusion for the most part, it's not happening in 2021. So when you yeah. come yeah. to that conclusion, then you can then, okay, see if it's not happening till 2021, what can we do now? Absolutely. Yes. That is the exact mindset. Absolutely. <laughs> and what's fu- you know what's crazy about all this COVID stuff is, um, you know, like I was telling you before the show, our our original plan was eighty to one hundred interviews this year alone. And when COVID happened, you know, I told Sandy, it's like, man, you know, these artists are gonna need a place to talk. We need to step up our game because this could be our year to build that foundation to be like the next Bobby Bones or Ty Bentley type show eventually. And so oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? We just need to jump in head first and give it all our got. And because of that decision, we, you know, you are now our 188th interview this year, and we're excited about that. That is oh, yeah. insane, and we are so happy for you guys. That's yeah, incredible. That's awesome. Congrats. Oh, well, now you. our new goal is 300. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys did 300. Well, if it's anything like I was, I was, we were reading about you guys. If it's anything like your songwriting goals, then you'll definitely reach that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So as we get started here, I like to start a little light before we really dig deep. Um, what are some hobbies y'all like to do outside of music? Oh, um, well, we're big movie and TV people. We literally, if something new comes on Netflix or Hulu or we used to go to the movies probably, I'm going to say every weekend, but there were a couple weekend, um, a couple months where we would go every weekend. So that was kind of a big blow to us, um, not being able to go to the theater, but, uh, you know, Netflix and stuff like that. We love that. Uh, we're big exercise people. We love nature, doing hikes and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're big. We we like to say that we're coffee connoisseurs, but we're really not because we are totally happy with like a hotel coffee. Are y'all on the Panera plan? What? No. The, yeah, yeah, Panera, and and we were offered a free version of this to try it out, and now mm-hmm. I'm hooked. But Panera has got a got an unlimited plan where you can get unlimited coffee for nine dollars a month. A subscription. Oh my God, yeah. that is, you can't beat and, that. And, and and basically, you just can't come back in at least every two hours. You, if you get a coffee yeah, at say nine a.m., you can you can come back at eleven and do it again. That is incredible. Okay, I'll have to look so into that now. <laughs> so so four <laughs> times. So basically, you do it four times, and guess what? Yeah. You, you just broke even for the month. All that wow. free coffee after that. <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> that's great. Because we always drink coffee at home. I didn't really drink it out and about. And, you know, that can get expensive if you do it every day and all that. And I'm like, well, we'll, yeah. we'll try this free. They gave us a free month trial. And by the time I did the fourth one, I'm like, okay, we're 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 going to pay the nine bucks a month. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's great. Man, thank you guys for fueling our, our little coffee addiction here. <laughs> <laughs> Always like to help. And no, Panera's not a sponsor. I wish they were, but they're not. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, they okay. need to be. <laughs> so, um, what would y'all say is something quirky or, quirky or unusual about y'all? Oh, gosh. The list can go forever. (laughs) (laughs) Not unusual, but dorky, if that's the right word. Um, (laughs) um, Matt, you can go first. I don't know. I'm thinking. Um, Oh, okay. I'll go first. (laughs) Um, It's kind of stupid, but I... um, I loved typing. This is, it's really, uh-huh. really silly. Um, when I was a kid, I used to play Mavis Beacon typing games and oh, yeah. like, it was my favorite pastime. Yeah. I loved it. I like so much that my parents were like, okay, you know, normal kids would be like, you have to stop playing your video games. My mom was like, you have to stop playing your typing game. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> so that is something I still to this day actually really enjoy. I love when I get to type something. Um, that's kind of weird. Matt, do you have anything? What, uh, I'm sure you probably know more about me. <laughs> You're quirky now? Yeah, what do you think? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Well, it's not really quirky, but it, uh, the unusual part is Matt has um, run a marathon. He's done a triathlon. He's, like, a really fantastic athlete aside from musician. So I think it's kind of cool. Oh, that makes me sound oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, it does make me sound cool. You're pretty, you're pretty cool. I'm, I'm a typer, you're a, and you're an athlete. <laughs> That's cool. So if y'all want to tell us a brief overview of y'all's backstory as we get started, really get dig in here. As, you know, I, I always like to know the artist, the person, not just the artist. So take a couple minutes and just a brief overview of y'all. For sure, yeah. Um, go ahead, Mary, you want to start? Let's see. <laughs> um, back, let's see. Back when Alyssa was 16, she was on American Idol, and then we're both from Rochester, New York. So Rochester made this big deal about it. It was, it was you know, around, like, American Idol's, like, peak point, I feel like, right, with, like, the three original judges. So then I was playing in an instrumental band at the time, and then we connected through music and played in multiple yeah. bands around Rochester for a few years before we started the, the Roses and Revolutions project. Mm-hmm. And then the two of us started that. And then um, initially it was more singer-songwriter, and we were writing for more, like, TV and film. 
and then mm-hmm. we 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 did a, like we did a couple tour dates and wrote this one tune called The Pines and put it out on our own and then that went on the viral charts in Spotify Canada. Oh wow! And then yeah, so that was a cool break for us. Um, <laughs> and then we signed with our current label Network and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the summary. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. that. You know, you just never know where things are going to come from. Like even with our show, you know, we, you know, when we launched in January, we had no idea that this virus was going to come and build our foundation mm-hmm. for us. Cause, cause you know, when oh, I was sure. telling Sandy that five years from now, if we are the size of like a Bobby bones or something, we're going to, we're going to look back and we're going to owe this virus to that foundation. I know, isn't that kind of bizarre? <laughs> like, you guys, I mean, that's, that's crazy. like making lemons out of lemonade. The the hell of like the oldest thing. Or, sorry, thank you. Make it wow, making lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I haven't had enough coffee yet today. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, making lemonade out of lemons. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> but that's that's uh-huh. awesome that you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we kind so of we have too much fun. As you see, we have yeah, too much. That's, yeah, that's funny. You know, right now our yeah. show don't make money, but I, I always joke with Sandy through the years that if I could just get paid to talk, we'd be we would make a ton of money. And here it is, I got a chance to possibly make money to to just talk. And I'm sitting here like, you know he what? We get the show making our income one day. We're gonna have too much fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's what you gotta do, though. That's the best way to make money is doing something you love, right? Exactly. It is absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So, as as y'all were growing up and stuff, at what point did each of you know you could actually make a career out of this? Because, as you know, you know, and I'm not saying when you thought you wanted to do music, because that's always too different. You know, for most people. They don't think at five years old, oh, well, this could be a career. There's a, there's a point right. usually where they're like, you know, I could make this a career. What was that point for y'all? Um, for me, well, I, I grew up, like, always doing music. And, you know, even, like, mm-hmm. when we got a recorder in school, I would spend my weekends, like, learning the recorder, um, things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, but wow. I, I mean, I had, like, a little cassette player. I would I would sing to myself, <laughs> listen back, kind of critique, like, things like that. Um, nobody in my family was musical, but um, my family oh, was wow. always very supportive. My parents gave me piano mm-hmm. lessons and things. Um, but then when I was about 11, I watched a TV show and, on MTV. It was called Duets. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was about – like a singer or an artist would like basically pick somebody. It was like a reality show, pick somebody and teach them their song and they'd sing it together. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. Vanessa Carlton and she was doing a thousand miles. And Mm -hmm. I called my dad up and I was like, dad, can you go to the music store and get me the sheet music? And after that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. I sang all weekend that I got that. And just after that, it was, you know, after the, it was no longer, Hey, you got to stop playing your typing game. It was like, Hey, you got to go to bed, get off the piano. So um, that, <laughs> that was my moment that I really kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. How about you, Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Well, I, I think he's asking like when you knew this is something you could do, like not when you were Oh, alive. when I could do it. Right. Was that the question? No, basically when you knew this was a possibility. 
Oh, that's a great. Oh, yeah. Then after a possibility, probably when I made it to American Idol when I was 16, that would be. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, just a little add on. <laughs> I, I think like us. Like a lot of <laughs> there you still, go. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I think we still like question that every year and like reevaluate every year. So like, it, it, you know, am I sure I, we can still do this? Like, you know, financially. Yeah. Um, Probably like both of us had like, you know, like, like a, realization that we can do this for a little bit i think when we started writing original music and started seeing it like you know generate some money whether it be in tv and film mm-hmm. or stuff like that so i think that was kind of like a cool a cool thing as an artist for us to see something that you wrote oh, well. instead of you yeah. know just being in, being in a cover band or a wedding band and making money that way seeing stuff that you know can support you on something oh. that you wrote so that was kind of it for me that was kind of a cool like okay let's <clears throat> give this a shot oh well as y'all know, a lot of people, they see the glory of, like, your Blake Shelton's and your Miranda's and even other artists, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes, not just to get at that level, but to even make it a career. They don't see that, and they don't – so a lot of times people don't understand that. And I always like to bring out that side of it before we talk about the highs in the, in the industry. I like to talk about the lows first because, again, I think it's so important, and nobody talks about this. And yeah. I think it's yeah. one of the most important things to talk about is because before people take this step in, they need to know, okay, when you want this to be a career, there's a lot that goes along with this, not just this gloriness that you think is there. So I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. <clears throat> but back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. And I asked mm-hmm. Allison, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? Her answer was, she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, your life has to change. You no longer own your life. You know, your passion owns that life, really, your fans and all that. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to to weekends, to holidays, and you've got to say no because you've got gigs. They don't understand that that what that you can't just say no to that gig because you got twenty thirty forty people who are depending on that gig happening and they don't get that. Right. Then then your family has to sacrifice, not just the artist. Then there might there's mm-hmm. gonna be days where you're miserable, you don't feel good, you may even have partly flu. But guess what? You got a gig that night. You got to get up there and smile and sing like there's no tomorrow. Then she added, oh, yeah. but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. Uh, I couldn't agree more, honestly. I think we both probably, yeah, you too, man. Yeah, absolutely. My gosh. Yeah. That, because there are so, it's so funny because I actually just on that note, I had a conversation with my sister this morning. My niece's fourth birthday is coming up mm-hmm. um, in, in September and we can't make it because we have a gig and it's like, you know, it breaks my heart, mm-hmm. but, you yeah. know, it's that decision we made, and I'm not going to – family is obviously number one to me, but at the same time, I'm not going to – I'll show my niece, you know, a happy birthday aside from that. But that comes yeah. first for yeah. us music, you know, than a family gathering like that. So I completely agree. We have made that decision early on because we've both been offered, like, jobs, side jobs, whether it was – part-time mm-hmm. at a bank or as a nanny or as a guitar teacher. And I think it's just kind of in our brains, like, Hey, if we're going to do this, let's just do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I also think too, like what what you were saying is like people only like if you're if if you decide to do it full time, and I think like if you have this mentality that you're going to be this mega superstar, like I don't, I think that's like you know, they don't really exist anymore. Yes, there's, like, a small percentage you see, like you're saying, like, the Blake Shelton's or the huge people. Mm-hmm. But, like, the majority of the full-time musicians, it's, you know, you have to get creative. So, like, I mean, yeah. a couple times a year we have, you know, you have you have those really cool gigs where you have, like, massive crowds uh-huh. or stuff like that. You're playing a festival, you're opening, but a lot of the time it's, like, you have to get creative. So it's, like, maybe you will write for another artist or maybe you will, you know, Mm-hmm. write a jingle for a company and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i mean i mean that's our take on it and our advice is like the days of like being a rock star are, are i don't yeah. know if they're like think a, yeah and i think a lot of people they misjudge artists because you know they see the blake shelton's and then they see the broke artists and they don't realize mm-hmm. that there's actually many levels in between there there, there are many people that you would never hear of but yet they're making a mm-hmm. hundred plus thousand a year profit from their artistry oh, yeah. business, you know, and you'd never know, and you'd never know who they are because they're doing it their way. They're not, they're not this big famous Blake Shelton. So I think because of that, because people don't see that, it makes them misjudge the industry. And that's why a lot of times when if, you know, it's great that y'all's parents are on board, but you know, a lot mm-hmm. of parents aren't because, Oh no, my son musician, because all they know is broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just not the yeah. case. Right. Yeah, and I think if that's your main I mean of course everybody <laughs> wants to achieve that sort of success, but if that's like like if that's you know, your only ambition, like then it's like there's you know, that's that's insanely hard and if it's, and then you start taking yeah. only opportunities that you think will lead you there and you miss out on stuff that you could carve out a nice career. Like there are bands that can yeah. tour and draw like five hundred people in every city and that's you know, that's really good, you know, that I means for a lot of yeah. artists, stuff like that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so now that we've talked about a little bit about the sacrifice, um, let's go the other way now, um, what those sacrifices lead to. When y'all look at y'all's career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, we got to do that, or we got to play there, or whatever it is? Oh, man. Um, I think I, this sounds really cliche and corny, but I think every time I step <laughs> on a stage – I feel that way. Um, Something that stands out to me is we got to do two years ago, we got to do a month long tour across the entire United States. And we started in New York city, ended in Los Angeles at at the Troubadour, which is like such a huge, like, you know, staple in the music industry for as far as venues go. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, but the fact of, getting to play these huge cities we played like Chicago and um, Salt Lake city and Portland and Seattle. Like it was just so cool to go into these cities, see how (laughs) that state, like, you know what I mean? We got to, we actually really got to explore each state and that goes down for Mm -hmm. me and like probably the best month of my life getting to see everything and playing a different stage every night. It was really neat. So um, that makes it all worth it (laughs) being, you know, living out of a suitcase or not having that much money or having to, you know, order off the dollar menu, like those things, that's the sacrifices, but it's totally fine, you know? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you? Anything else? Oh, I agree. I think touring, like, I mean, we both love it. And uh, we're especially grateful when we get asked to be the support act because then you get to steal the headlines, you know, 
fan. <laughs> and it's just like sometimes when you're open for someone that's you know draws very well, it's just like you know. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Yeah, we're just like pinching ourselves. Like this is pretty cool. Yeah, when you have a sea of faces, it's cool. I love that. So you know, we talked about some of the sacrifices. I'm gonna kind of go there with one last question about that side of it. Um, <clears throat> every artist has that moment to where they have to make a decision and there's a fork in the road. And, and sometimes it's a daily thing for some artists, but they're, they're, mm-hmm. but they're there, they're frustrated. They wonder, you know, is this ever going to work? Um, those very low moments and every artist has those low moments. What do y'all mm-hmm. do to get through those moments? What drives you through those moments? That's a great question. Really good question. Yeah. I, I mean, like for me, I think it's like usually when you have like, a setback or one of those things that you you know something that didn't go your way or you really start to question mm-hmm. stuff i usually mm-hmm. take like a day or two and just like check out like binge like a tv show or like go for a walk mm-hmm. and then like but usually after a day then i'm like motivated again and then almost work twice as hard <laughs> yeah it's almost like a reset i was going to say the same thing it's kind of you know you think the answer would be from anybody they'd be like well i just work extra hard but no you kind of need that time That's to yourself to be like no, it's you, yeah, you can feel sorry for yourself and be like, This is a shitty path that oh sorry. It's a crappy yeah. path that I that I took <laughs> and you know and then sorry about that. Um and then you know, you just you know, you take a second to yourself and then you get back on the horse. And you know, I don't definitely get where where you're coming from because again, you know, us doing this show, we're on the same type of dream but with a different platform as y'all are. We're chasing yeah. that trying to be this big show one day and sometimes yeah. I get frustrated and, and I'm, I'm just, I mean, in fact, today's been one of those days where I was telling Sandy, I was like, I, I feel like I'm in the I feel like all we do is watch our little 17 month old drive us crazy. Our eight year old drives us crazy, you know, with all this, whatever, everything. And, th- and, and then we have two interviews a day, every day. And then we do our evening stuff to make our money while we um, yeah. try to build this crazy brand. And then at night, it seems like chaos again. And then it's like, and then every day over and over. And, and I'm like, yeah. something's got to give here. You know, I feel like I'm in a rut yeah. right now. And, and, and I'm one of them that don't like routine. I don't like routine. And I'm in a routine. And it's like yeah. frustrating. And then all of a sudden, we get that, like I told you earlier, we got a nominated. ACM female artist coming on next week. That came earlier at the right time. Go like, okay, this kind of helps me out a little bit, you know. Now, because yeah. every time, and Sandy kind of jokes with me and says, you know what, you need to keep saying that we're in a rut because every time I say I feel like I'm in a rut, it's usually an hour or two later something breaks through. Mm-hmm. Aw, that's yeah. It's like almost when you stop looking for it or you stop wondering. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, I totally but, get but I it. definitely it's, get what y'all are saying. You know, you have those moments. We all have those moments. It doesn't matter what, and it don't have to be music. But no matter what career, I think everybody goes through those moments. Oh yeah, to where they're like, yeah. okay, is this working? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And and like you said, you've got to take that time to just sit back and pray over it and just think, okay, is it? You know. And then the next day, you're like, okay, I'm good to go. I, I had my pity party. I'm ready to roll, roll again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's rejuvenating to just do that yep. real quick, and then you're back on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So we're going to take a quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Still Standing, and we're going to come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Thank you so much. That sounds great. All right. Hang on the line. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a backstage pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Get proud. 
mean, such a beautiful song. Yes, Thank it you is. So Love it. Thank you, guys. So, every song has a story. Tell us the story behind that one. Written um, a little bit ago, it was actually meant to be a women empowerment song. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. you know, so that's actually that was the inspiration behind the song. But then it kind of like formed into like this. I mean, I think that's always relevant, like being women mm-hmm. empowerment and stuff. It, it just kind of formed this year. Everybody just went through just a lot of weird stuff, and <laughs> more. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. people more than others. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. Mm-hmm. we were really proud to put that out this year specifically. Um, the reason we did put it out was because it was in a TV show called Selling Sunset that just came out on Netflix last or two weeks ago, maybe. Oh, wow. um, that, yeah, that oh, was awesome. the reason we had put it out, but I'm just glad the, t- the timing, I think, was, was pretty nice for that song to come out. Yeah, like, yeah. I think like, our label asked us to write um, kind of in that vein probably like a year and a half ago, yeah. and then we didn't release it because like the, like a lot of our stuff with roses is a lot different sounding it's a little bit more i don't know vibier and darker and, yeah. and has full band mm-hmm. so we had that song <laughs> kind of yeah so once once it got used in tv show that was coming out in august the labels we got to put it out and then it was just it kind of like fit the time i think yeah even though it wasn't written this year yeah but it came out yeah i guess right love that you, you know one of the things I like to do too, and I think that these people don't get enough love, so I always want to make sure we throw that in there, is that you know, as you know, people they see the artists, they don't see like the PR people, the managers, the producers, label people. I don't see none of that, but they're the behind the scenes that make all this work, so that you can do what you do. And we always like to allow the artists to have some minute, few minutes to kind of just talk about the team that's behind them. So if you want to take a few minutes to tell us about the team that y'all have behind you that helps you do what you do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we feel really lucky. Like we said, we've been with Network Music Group for about, yeah, we've done two EPs, so a couple of years, um, and they've been wonderful. What I really we really love about them is they give the artist the last say, the freedom. So um, oh, well. I know a lot of labels, yeah, a lot of labels are like, you're going to do this, and you're going to do it this time, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, basically, but they're like, hey, uh, we'll give you our opinions, our A&R will give our, her opinions, Rachel, she's awesome, but she is also mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, you guys have to be happy with what you release, and you have to be proud of it, so yeah. I'll give you, take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, I'll give you what I can, <laughs> Um so awesome. our label is really great in that way. We're, like, actually friends with a lot of them, too, now. Um, they're just great people. Mm-hmm. Um, our manager, we started working with semi-recently, Debbie. She's she's wonderful. She's um, helped create connections with us, um, specifically Brandon Jenner. We did a song with him. He's from the Jenner family, and uh, his, oh, wow. he's amazing. He's an amazing singer. He's musicianship is outstanding and we got to connect with him and he sang on one of our tunes um it was like a a stripped acoustic version of song so Mm -hmm. um she's been wonderful and yeah and like as far as like pr and stuff goes that's actually all in the label which is really cool so it's kind of a one-stop thing yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's definitely Mm -hmm. a group effort and like also said like we have an awesome team that we're so you know grateful for but i also think too like a lot of artists um, think that like you know once you get signed or once you get a manager or an agent stuff like that that like yeah. all these doors will open and then you can just and then <laughs> you have to stop and that's and what happens I think, yeah I think a lot of people like like 
get signed and then they stop doing what they were doing before they were signed. And I think like yeah, exactly. we've seen a lot of people that yeah. have really backfired. And I, and I still think like we, we still take this, you know, anything they bring to the table is just added. And we yeah. still, I mean, are every day doing the stuff on the business side and, and yeah. booking and doing opportunities and press mm-hmm. and stuff for ourselves. So, yeah. I you know, that's, that's just like, you know, that's just like, you know, people who take, you know, top five spots in like Idol or The Voice. You know, a lot of times they think, and like you said, the people think, well, they got it made now. And really that's when, yeah. you know, once you come off of the Idol, that's when it, the the work really begins and people don't get that. And even some artists don't get that. Like, like I, I remember hearing the story of Gar- of Gabby Barrett that that when she came off as even though she took third, she had to still prove herself before she got signed to the major label that she's on now, you know. And it was one of them things where they said, you know, hey, you hit these st- this this amount of streams, we will sign you. So she had to bust yeah. her butt for I guess about a year after Idol or however long it was to, to end yep. up doing that. And and I think that's what a lot of people don't like you said. A lot of people don't get that. They think, oh, you get signed or you get uh, top five of Idol and all that. You've got it made. And no, it, it just, yeah. just not. The work just never ends. Yeah, absolutely. That, it's so accurate what you're saying. It's like it's, I didn't realize that other people weren't really like this until we've been told mm-hmm. so many times, like, wow, you guys, you guys really, you know, spend a lot of time on this and you do so much. You do more than I than other mm-hmm. artists. And we're like, but but how? Like, how do people not take it in their own hands? And then like Matt said, mm-hmm. anything that, that your team, like anytime our booking agent brings us a gig, that's bonus. Anytime our manager brings us an opportunity, that's bonus. But we're constantly yeah. looking for opportunities for mm-hmm. ourselves because honestly, that's, we're the ones that are going to care the most. Because right. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, you guys know the situation. Like no one's going to care as much about your show as you guys. Like you guys are, it's your baby. Right. So, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I think, yeah, I mean, people that are in the arts, they get that, I think. Uh, yeah, I remember we had, uh, we do a show called State of the Music Business Podcast where we bring executives and others from the business side oh, of wow. music to talk about the industry as a whole. And I remember we brought on this one person who she she was saying that, she goes, I will work, she's a publicist, I will work, and, and I think she owns like uh, independent labels, but she says, I will work just as hard as you, the artist. She goes, if you won't work that hard, I'm not working that hard for you. But mm-hmm. however hard you'll work, I'll work yeah. that hard for you too. That's that's a great way to think about it. Because why should they be putting more effort in it than you are for your own craft? Exactly. And it's, right. your, yeah. it's, it's your business. I mean, I know a lot of people don't see it this way, but it is, it is a business. I mean, you have all these different roles that happen. It is, it is a business model. It's your business, so you should be the one – that puts it forefront the most. Yeah, totally. You are completely right about that. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things we like to do on our show too is, um, you know, we kind of have a third co-host, you know, yes, we, we, we're, we consider our, we, we consider our show a family affair and our eight year old, yeah. we always let, allow him to come on and ask one question yeah. to each artist. Cause Andy's going to get him on real quick. And um, Aww. and we got a 17 month old. When she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in too, because we are a family affair. <laughs> that is oh, so stinking awesome. cute. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I can't here's Christopher any other way. with his question. Hi, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite? Oh, what's our favorite food? That's a great question. Yeah. Hands down, pizza. 
Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> pizza. It will always be pizza. <laughs> What's your favorite food, Christopher? Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a pizza yeah. party. <laughs> that is, yeah. yeah, that is the ultimate best food. Come on, cheese, bread, sauce, you can't beat it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your he question. Could, he, he... Bye, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And he... And he could eat pizza all day long. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, oh, we I feel you. He's like, can we do pizza again? I'm like, I'm like, we would, um, but it's not healthy, and he don't get that, of course. Yeah, <laughs> right. have to have right. some broccoli and other things too. But but he loves. But he pizza. does yeah. like. But he does like. Oh, he um, does. Vegetables and all that. So which oh, is he does. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, so what? If and it's so, pizza, what does he like on it? Is it just cheese? He likes pepperoni and sausage. Oh, baby, that's see, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Yep, good stuff. (laughs) And we're hoping our little seventeen-month-old daughter will be just like him because he's never really been picky on food. Like I said, he even likes vegetables and all that. And so far, we ain't found anything she don't like. So we're like, okay, this is good. (laughs) Yeah, she's not picky at all yet. That's a testament to you guys, though, too, because as parents, I mean, I'm not a parent myself, but my sister and her husband, like, mm-hmm. they introduce their kids to so many different foods. And, you know, I feel uh, like the earlier you introduce them, the more they're going to, they're not going to be picky. They're going to be like, okay, mom and dad are giving yeah. me this to eat. Right. So I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's great. <laughs> so if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, man, that's an excellent question. Um, for me, I mean, I have actually so many people, but if I had to pick, oh, gosh, I'm between two. Sorry. I would say mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks. I oh, am, wow. like, obsessed with her. And um, Wesley from the Lumineers. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wesley Schultz from the Lumineers. I think both of them yeah. are so such good storytellers. I mean, I think – Stevie Nicks is just such, like, a boss. So I, yeah. I think she's amazing. Um, I think everyone does. And then Wesley Schultz, I think he just writes so – it's just so interesting. I think the Lumineers have this great way of storytelling, and I would just love mm-hmm. to, if I were to write a song with him, I would go off into, like, the wilderness, like a desert, and just write about something nature yeah. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess if, if we're – yeah, I'd go with, like, Paul Simon. I think that would be cool. Oh, wow. I think he has so many, <laughs> you know, timeless songs. Yeah, talk about a story. So, like, go, yeah, go with, like, one of my favorite writers. So I'll go Paul Simon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, I'm about to, you know, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked this question to Kelsey Ballerini. And I always tell this story because I like um, the artists to kind of open their minds. But we asked her where – would she want to be in where does she want to be in five years and the answer she gave us back then is almost to the t of what she's living right now and five years ago she had a top 28 at that point i think if i'm remembering her first when we interviewed mm-hmm. her so she yeah. nobody really knew who she was so she knew where she was going so mm-hmm. where do y'all want to be in five years if it would for sure happen um, I mean, I think for me personally, I think, well, I think we're kind of on the same page. I would love mm-hmm. to be, I love touring. I think we both really love touring. Mm-hmm. I would love to be doing like, let's go big. 
in five years, if, we, if we're wishing and dreaming, yeah, like uh-huh. yeah. number one at the Grammy. Well, okay, of course. <laughs> yeah. Five years. Yeah. No matter what they say. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. How about SNL? That's an that sounds really like cool. a good one in five years. <laughs> but so yeah. of course, yeah. Like every artist, every artist, you know, dreams of being the biggest thing they can be. But I mean, we would be yeah. content still playing. Yeah, if we can make make money off of it um in five years mm-hmm. though i would really love to be like touring more obviously with this all behind us yeah. and being mm-hmm. able to fill rooms and just sing to people and have them singing back i think that's just like the ultimate goal for for me anyway yeah i love that so um yeah. <clears throat> i forgot what my mind just went completely blank okay because um let's let's say you're down the road let's say you're five ten years down the road and yeah. You're successful. Whatever that, whatever that is of you at that point, if you uh-huh. could meet your future self, what would you tell him and her? Ooh. If we were so successful? See, everybody, goes, everybody goes the other way. Yeah. Let's say that your future self is successful. So if you could meet your future self, what would you tell him and her? I'd say, man, you look old. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, probably. Sam. I'd be like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> oh, that's um, that is asking a question. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I would. Well, there's two ways you can look at it. If I were to see my future self and I know that they're successful, I'd be like, okay, um, give me an itinerary. What did I do? That's a question. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> All right, I would, I would tell them, good job, congratulations. <laughs> you're still, you're still around ten years from now. No, seriously, I know. I feel like I have so many. Can yeah. I ask so many questions? I would just love to ask a bunch no, of questions. Gotta, gotta I gotta tell him something. Yeah, I would be like, "Good job. Uh, we Keep did. Going. We did this together." Yeah, that's a great love question. Though. I never really thought of that. Like that. Yeah, because you know everybody always asks the the past. You know, what would you tell your yeah. young self? And we like to go the other way because again, we like to be different on this show. And I'm like, you know, and I think. Thinking about what you would tell your future self is actually the most important thing you could t- say because because your future self is now. So whatever you tell, whatever you want to tell them, is how you need to be living now anyway. That's a really great point. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I like to ask that question because you know sometimes people are like you know. Make sure you still smell the roses. Make sure you you're doing music for the right reasons still, and uh, and those are good reasons to keep to think about right now. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not enjoying it anymore, it's time to kind of rethink it. I think. Exactly. So let's say y'all had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they got something special. You you know they are definitely idol ready per se. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and let's say they pl- and let's say that they played maybe thirty, forty shows. So for the performance side, they're still getting their feet wet, but yeah. they've gotten on stage and they got what every artist says that they got that stage bug where they look over the crowd. The crowd is mm-hmm. roaring, and they're like they just know they're in the right place. And they come to y'all, and they say, "I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life." What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Wow, that's a that's a good question. I mean, if if we were talking, I think I think part of it for me was figuring out. It's funny that you said like they're on stage and they still have that they have that stage bug and they see everybody. Um, 
honestly, it took me a while to be like super authentic to me and mm-hmm. just not really care what people think outside of the stage. So, you know, dance around the stage if you want to. You gotta you gotta make a show and whether that's yeah. you can be standing there, it doesn't matter. Like it does you don't have to be jumping around, but you have to make it intriguing, whether it's through your storytelling or your stage presence or something like that. I think that is really important to hone in on as well as creating mm-hmm. really fantastic songs. That's a, a constant battle for for, you know, artists. I don't think you can there's no such thing really as artists that just like sing anymore I mean they're kind yeah. of are like they're few and far between where you're they're like you look up the writer and they're not even anywhere near it not the up um, and coming anymore anyway right yeah exactly so I think in order for you to be really like setting yourself apart you have to be writing really good songs I think that's really important yeah yeah I would say just write as many songs as possible and I would say honestly um for probably most artists I would say don't do idle um, <laughs> I know that seems weird, but like, I, like Alyssa has some students too. And I think it's like a common thing for like kids to like, should I try out for this show and that show? And we've seen it more where like, uh, the guy that won the voice the first year, Javier Colon or whatever, we opened up for him like right after he won season one uh-huh. and he's coming off, mm-hmm. he's coming off winning the entire show. And he had 30 people in the audience. And we've like, even on our label, there, there's a, there was a girl on network, our label who got third on the voice and they were spending majority of their time trying to disassociate uh, or shed that um, stigma. Like, because I think what happens is like people on these reality shows, like when the show's going on, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. is into them that season and it's almost like a character on a TV show. An opinion. And then, yeah. And then as soon as the show ends, like majority of the audience just waits for the next season and the coaches careers go through the roof because you know yeah but the people that are on those shows yeah. it's just like they're struck then they, and they, they own an artist and oh, God, they do own you ever. and then um so then like after the show like a lot of these people we've seen that like go to try to go to radio or press or like blogs are a huge thing that you know help help an artist's career in the early stages and a lot mm-hmm. of these bloggers and Spotify curators and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they don't, you know, it's, it's not cool to be like, oh, I was on, you know, this show and that show. They want, like, you know, mm-hmm. more of these, like, stuff like that. So, I don't know. I feel like the more people we've talked to that have done it, it, it it's actually hurt them more than helped them. Well, if I wow. can tell you this, it's like, I okay, so uh-huh. I did Idol when I was 16. I tried out. I made it to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I was one of 160, I think, and... Yeah. Um, I got eliminated mm-hmm. about, I think it was like the third round in Hollywood. I think there were about 50 people left and I got eliminated sadly, mm-hmm. you know, it wrecked my little 16 year old heart, but I went home and gave myself that crying period. And then I was like, I'm going to do this with or without them. And yeah. I went to go, like my parents were helping me <laughs> out, like making merch, like silly stuff like that. But something <laughs> as simple as trying to get my name. So Alyssa dot com. They had taken my domain name. They took, like, basically anything that, yeah, like, little things like that. They owned it for Mm -hmm. two years after the show. So even if Mm -hmm. I, and I I wasn't even really, like, in the top whatever. So it's really interesting to me. If they can take that away from me, I wonder what they're doing, like, with the top 24, top 12. And if you think of, like, how how many shows there are, like, whether it be Idol, The Voice, you know, actually, I mean, like, how many reality shows there are and how many seasons there are every year. And it's, like, how many artists from all those thousands and thousands of 
people that have been on the show that have a career that you would want. It's it's yep, not that exactly. many. You know what I mean? And, so. and, 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 and you know something we recently learned too, and I can't remember which show it was, and but um, one of one of the artists we had on was telling us that, and, and I don't know what place you have to be in for this to happen. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure it may even be just if you go live, it may be out. But basically, someone was telling us, and this is really cra- I really my mouth dropped when I heard this one. That mm-hmm. for five years, that show gets fifteen percent of any income you bring in. I believe it. Yeah. Oh, I I believe that too. But that's that's all. Five years is a long Crazy. time. That's bizarre. So yeah. So, so again. It, and if you're one of the few that make it big, like Gabby, I guess it really don't matter. But very few get, very few make that. So then all of a sudden, fifteen percent is a lot to take from your income, and you got to pay managers and PR people and all that. Next thing you know, you're making nothing. Absolutely, yeah. And then you're you really have to reevaluate, and you're like, okay, well, you can your career might look like okay from the outside, but if you're only making like. 10% of that yourself. What are you actually getting? <laughs> then you lose your passion because you're like, okay, there's not money here. And again, yeah. I'm say, I'm going by what people are telling me. So for anybody yeah. listening, if these numbers are wrong, please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, you know I, I can only go by what people are saying to me. Yeah, and I bet you're not wrong, <laughs> to be honest with you, just because of what I saw and the papers I had to sign and the extensive mm-hmm. – you know, and it, it, there was a cutoff, by the way, so you are correct in that. There was, like, um, a clause that was basically if you make it to the top 12 when you're live on TV mm-hmm. versus, you know, other situations. But it was very interesting. <laughs> now, now, how long do they give you before you could talk about this type of stuff, of the negative side? Because, again, I'm sure they make people sign that right away at least for a few years. Oh, yeah. It probably depends. Um, so. It probably does depend. I mean, this was 2008 when I was on, and when I was – when that was the case, like, I know now you can do – they basically are like, hey, if you make it, you know, go nuts on your social media and promote yourself. But yeah. when I was on it, if you made it past, like, the first round, they had the ability to basically terminate you from the show if you tell anybody. Like, you weren't supposed to – you had to sign so many things and be like, you can't tell anybody. I missed my first week of junior year of high school, and I couldn't even tell my teachers why. I was like, this is so weird. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, but once you're off the show, I think you have free reign. I remember, like, being 17, and when the show actually aired, the next day, we had a house phone at the time, and there were, like, all these radio stations calling my house, like, trying to talk about it. It was really, yeah, it was really, it's like, they almost knew, they're like, okay, she can talk about it now, because she's kicked off. (laughs) Um, That's funny. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the case is now, but I know that you had to wait until the second you were off the show, then you could talk freely about it. Love that. Uh, At least you could, you know, because, again, you know, and again, for some people, idols work yeah. for them. like. I mean, Carrie Carrie Underwood owes everything to Idol, and you know, and it does work for some people. But I just think that before you sign that dotted line, read the fine print. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, totally right. Like anything else, if it's too good to be true, it might. You know, you got to look into it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so as we come to a close here. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. Honestly, 
and I'm not saying this, I think you guys do a fantastic job, a nice, really well-rounded questions about yeah. both our persons, like personalities and stuff, and the music side. Um, yeah, no, you really do, because there have been interviews we've done that <laughs> just strictly about the music or just strictly about, like, us as people. Um mm. We try to balance it. I know. You know, like the the first half of the show is normally about person, and the second half of the show is more about music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but I love that you didn't just, like, ask, like, so how did you guys meet? Like, it was really actually, like, so in this career, you know, what are the sacrifices? What are the gains? What are, you know, that was Mm -hmm. cool. So, honestly, I off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything that you guys might have missed or that I wish you had asked. Um. I, I love you guys that. did a fantastic job. Again, yeah, I love that. Oh, you know? thank you. <laughs> <'Cause that's, laughs> of course. Uh, we're doing our job, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is when, when – because usually that's the answer we get because we you – know, again, we, that's why we, when we first started the show, I was like, how are we going to be different? And I was yeah. like, there's so many people do what we do. I was like, yeah. um, I was like you know what? As I watch other podcasts, you know, there's platforms for the big artists where they can tell their stories. There's yeah. nothing like that for the smaller artists. And I was like, you know what, mm-hmm. we're going to, because most places give you 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So that's not enough yeah. time to, to really talk about more than music. I was like, you know what, we're going to give every, every artist 60 minutes so that we can just discuss and make it a conversation, their life outside and inside of music and all that, and, and just give them that platform. And that's what we've tried to do. And, 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 but what's funny awesome. about that is when I asked that last question, Usually when somebody has a question that they would like to be asked, nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, it's a question I've left off, but I do have it on the sheet. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny, yeah. Because totally. <laughs> a lot of times, like, you know, <laughs> as, we're going through the, um, as we're going through all this, I'm, go- I'm looking at the sheet, I'm like, and I'm seeing how questions are answered. And, I, and, and to be honest, the longer answers to each question, I like because I want to. I want it to be feel like a conversation. So I'm going yeah. through the seat, and sometimes I'm as we're getting close to the end. I'm like, okay, I can't talk, ask that, can't ask that, can't. Okay, we'll go here, and then, yeah. and then and then of course if I skip something, okay, that's the one question. That's <laughs> that they, the one that they wanted to answer. <laughs> that's yeah. really funny. But, um, but it's funny how yeah, that, how no. that. But we we try to put it. Uh, we try to ask the right questions. That's why we asked that last question to see what artists want to be asked, so then we can mm-hmm. kind of hone the show. And because that's how, why how we yeah, got the show is through that question. It. Oh, that's fantastic! I love that. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that I would ever add, which I'm sure that you're gonna watch, you're gonna be like, "That was my next question." It would be where they can find us, and I would say stream our music on Spotify. That is the best way. Yeah, because I, I always end with tell everybody how they can find you. That's all. all, all <laughs> exactly. <end>. Yeah. <laughs> how did I know that? That's so funny. Yeah. So you got it covered. You guys don't need anything. <laughs> oh, we appreciate that. And you know, we really loved having y'all on the show today, and we, we definitely did. look forward to having y'all back down the road. Oh, thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you guys for reaching out and for showing interest in our careers and our music. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, thank you. And we will talk to you real today. soon. Y'all have a okay. great day. Okay. You guys too. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.